You're listening to Renegade Broadcasting. Welcome to the Solar Storm. This is your host, Kyle Hunt, coming to you April 11th, 2021, bringing you the 411 on. 411, of course. It is great to have you here at RenegadeBroadcasting.com. Please check out RenegadeTribune.com. And as always, go buy some products from HeathenHerbs.com. Tonight, I will be talking mainly about the continued attack on white people and how that is advancing at a very rapid pace. But there are some other stories and other topics I will be getting to. And so first, I will just go through a few interesting little stories I picked up throughout the week here. The first one I have is from the Algaminer. Former celebrity chef turned anti-Semitic agitator flees to Turkey to escape German arrest warrant. Kind of like this guy. A former celebrity chef who turned into one of Germany's most vocal anti-Semitic agitators has fled to Turkey to escape an arrest warrant issued by German authorities last week. Attila Hildman, a self-described ultra-right winger of Turkish origin who was brought up by German adoptive parents, was widely known in Germany for his vegan recipe books and frequent appearances on TV food programs over the previous decade. But with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, Hildman became one of the leaders of the protest movement opposed to social distancing and other public health measures that has won huge support on the German far right. Throughout the crisis, Hildman has used his channel on the social media platform Telegram to spread anti-Semitic claims about the global extent of Jewish, in quotes, and Zionist, in quotes, power among more than 120,000 followers. Well, I'd say the extent of their power is pretty evident when he has to flee the country for even mentioning it, huh? He has regularly deployed Nazi terms like parasites and subhumans to underline his accusation that the pandemic is a symptom of wider global conspiracy run by prominent Jews such as financier George Soros and Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. You can't even post certain doctors on Facebook because Facebook is the authority when it comes to COVID-19. The same goes with, with YouTube and the rest, Jugal. Uh, you know, products and search terms and things. Oh, we're going to put little warning labels on there for you so that you go and understand uh, what the authorities have to say about this. And hey, I I don't mind the fact that uh, this guy's going to Turkey. I mean, he is of Turkish origin. I also wouldn't mind if he was in Germany, as long as he's not, you know, miscegenating and whatever. If he's in Germany helping the Germans to feel okay about their own history of national socialism. I think that cooperation between the races is actually a good thing, uh, to a certain extent. We shouldn't be forced to live with each other, and specifically, all of the non-whites of the world should not be uh, encouraged to come into white lands and white people forced to accept them. I think that is completely unnatural, but non-whites calling themselves national socialists or exposing the truth about Jews, and hey, if they want to help stick up for white people and talk about white genocide, then great, thank you. Welcome aboard. I will even call you my fellow national socialist. That's fine. The swastika was embraced by people around the world for thousands and thousands of years, and even during the Third Reich, when the swastika was appropriately used... Uh, 
contrary to claims by people saying, oh, the swastika was a great symbol, it's a holy symbol, and then the Nazis tarnished it. Uh, I think they used it quite, quite right. They used a sun symbol to battle vampires. Very appropriate, especially considering all the things I talked about on my Sunspiracy show last week. And during the Third Reich, people, that swastika was still embraced by people around the world. And today, today, everyone, you could go around the world and find not only just the swastika, the ancient swastika that you know is on uh, old temples and things, you'll also find people embracing the National Socialist swastika and everything that comes along with it. And not always just for aesthetic reasons. I mean, the SS uniforms were pretty dapper, but they're embracing it because of the ideology as well. So, I'm just saying, uh, they don't want people like me explaining this kind of material to others in a, you know, a way that is not hateful. I'm not just going around saying niggers and uh, niggers and kikes. You know, I could be, but I think it's far more effective and far more honest whoop, for me to um, to give this message in a way that is uh, not hateful in the way that Jews want us to be. I put that hateful in quotes. There's nothing wrong with wanting to preserve your race with standing against anybody who threatens it. There's nothing wrong about talking uh, about racial realities. I'd still say around blacks, you should not relax. I mean, we just need to see what's going on in the world today. Uh, But that doesn't mean that I have just this absolute hatred of every black creature and want to exterminate them all. I'm having a little problem with my microphone here. It might be because there's something of a storm going on outside. And also because uh, some of these connections might not be the best and... There's a bunch of dust on the mixer and probably in the mixer as well. But it seems to actually be the connection between uh, this cord and the mic. That is the problem. Anyway, guys, let's continue on. All right. Let's talk about uh, this story here about how a Hollywood actor was arrested in an alleged $227 million Ponzi scheme. All right. I'm going to have to do something about this. Okay, hopefully we'll have less interference going forward here. So, the story is about Zachary J. Horwitz. (laughs) Let's just assume he's Germanic, right? A small-time actor who was arrested Tuesday in Los Angeles on a federal charge that he ran a massive Ponzi scheme that defrauded investors out of $227 million by touting fictitious film licensing deals with HBO, Netflix, and other platforms. And... Let me just mention this really quickly. I was talking about not just being you know, a senseless hater. There's a reason why I continue to harp on Jews. It's not because I'm jealous of their power. It's not because I don't like the way they look. I mean, I don't, but it's not because of them just being Jews. It's what they are doing, what they have done, and what they plan to do. That's the big problem. The criminal nature of their conspiracy. That's my big issue. And I'm not even hateful about it. I just, I mean, I hate what they're doing, but I just need to protect myself, my family, my kin, the whole freaking world from their sick, insane conspiracy. So that's why I target them with my rhetoric. Horowitz, 34, who has appeared in minor films under the stage name Zach Avery, why are you changing your name, Horowitz? Was accused of fabricating emails from HBO and Netflix executives, executives about non-existent film distribution agreements in an attempt to stave off demands for payment from investors. So there, there you go. Just a little <clears throat> interesting uh, tidbit there about another Jewish criminal who's just trying to defraud people. How many stories do we need to see about this? Oh, but Jews are good with money. So you get, give them your money, and they'll take good care of it. Big returns. Big returns on your investment. We know what we're doing here. At Goldberg and Goldberg. We know, we know how to get you the gold. Not real gold, you know. The, uh, some cash dollars. We'll get it to you. Okay. So we have uh, a little tweet by the ADL here. From earlier in this year, I just want to mention, I found this on Gab. 
There is a distinct difference between criminal doxing, a common tactic of white supremacists and others, to facilitate the stalking and terrorizing of targets, and the important reporting of extremists and hateful activity. Our laws must clearly reflect that. What they're trying to say is... Jews need the laws to be either changed or interpreted such that what Jews do to white people and other anti-Semites should not be illegal, but that when they themselves are exposed, that that should be illegal. That's what they're trying to say here. And the article that they have from their site is, doxing should be illegal, reporting extremists should not. <laughs> extremists. People who have done nothing illegal, according to the very laws of this country, need to be doxxed by you and that should not be a crime? Okay, ADL, I see what's going on here for an organization that needs to register as such. Man, I wish we had. Even just... Well, whenever I get going, in comes the static to derail me. I'll try to make it through the broadcast as well as I can. And it's not even a broadcast, guys. It is a podcast. I don't broadcast anymore on Renegade Broadcasting. Here we go. American Jewish Congress says their opposition to digital free speech is a badge of honor in bizarre attack on Gab. <clears throat> so this is by Shane Trejo out of Big League Politics. The American Jewish Con uh, Congress is coming out in favor of draconian tech censorship as long as it is done in the name of fighting anti-Semitism and calling it a badge of honor to oppose the free speech platform Gab. We will continue to relentlessly shine a spotlight on anti-Semitic and extremist threats to our democracy values and institutions, the AJC wrote in a press release. The AJC also attacked Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, that seems like a 100% limited hangout control opposition anyway, but she is on Gab and she's been fundraising on Gab and they don't like it. The organization released a report, 90 Days of White Supremacist Radicalization, to monger fear and raise funds from the hysterical overreaction to the January 6th mostly peaceful protest in and around the U.S. Capitol by pro-Trump patriots. It wasn't just those people. It was nefarious actors. That was a staged operation for sure. Anyway, yeah, they don't like free speech. Never did, never have. Except for when it allows them the cover to uh, promote uh, pornography. Remember how basically pornography was allowed extreme hardcore pornography is allowed in the United States under the guise of free speech. Yeah, well, it's a free speech to, to photograph the shikses and uh, yentas and, uh, with the big black bucks and things like that, you know. And uh, what, what's, that, what's that guy's name? Uh, he's a Jewish porn actor. I guess if you call, them an, call them actors. Something Dean. Um, not Howard Dean. <laughs> Jimmy Dean. <laughs> Oh, James Dean. Yeah, like the actor. So this guy has the stage name of James Dean, and he uh, has been accused of beating up these women, these female porn stars, and nothing is done. He wins the awards in the porn industry. Oh, yeah, he loves it. He he gets to beat up white porn whores uh, and get paid for it. And, oh, it was all part of the act. This was part of the... It's part of my, my character. It's just so sick. The whole thing is very sick, and it's a big conspiracy to drain us of all of our vital energy and prevent us from rising up against their tyrannical control. But that's a different story. Let's get on to what is going on with uh, the anti-white attack that is ramping up here. First story uh, in that regard is out of the WashingtonTimes.com. House inches closer to enacting slavery reparations. And who do I see here first? Mr. Gerald Nadler, a Democrat from New York. And he, oh, he's a, a little dumpy Jew. And if you watched, uh, I don't remember exactly when this was, sometime last year, it does look like he crapped his pants on stage. Just look into that disgusting, uh, terrible person here. A bill that could lead to slavery reparations took a major step forward Friday when the House Judiciary Committee scheduled it for a debate and vote next week. If the legislation, which would create a commission to study reparations, is voted out of the committee, it would head to the House floor for the full, first full congressional vote on the measure since 1989. 
Today, we still live with racial disparities in access to education, health care, housing, insurance, employment, and other social goods that are directly attributable to the damaging legacy of slavery and government-sponsored racial discrimination, said Committee Chairman Representative Gerald Nadler. Oh, the reason they're not doing as well as white people is because of slavery and discrimination. Uh, we need to give reparations. Uh, Mr. Nadler said the commission is not intended to divide, but bring us closer to racial understanding and advancement. I would like to bring us closer to racial understanding and advancement as well. But the way I would do that is much different than the way Gerald Nadler would do that. Yep, so they're... I want to study the impact, the implications of slavery from 19, uh, 1619 to the present because they want to give appropriate reparations for African Americans. I think we've given them plenty. I think we've uh, carried the white man's burden for long enough. I, I really do. Look at where they are compared to Africans today. The average African American is living far better than the average African. If they don't like being a racist America, they can go to Africa and stop complaining about it, couldn't they? But they won't. They never would. Even if Akon has that plan to slap the masses back to Africa. I, I, I say that if you don't know who Akon is, he was famous for that slap that ass song. Yes, I'm, I'm not going to sing it or play it, but he has he had this idea for starting up some kind of, you know, Wakanda in Africa and getting a bunch of uh, black Americans to to move on over there. So they want to do that. Great. Marcus Garvey, he had a good plan for that, too. Abraham Lincoln, he had a pretty good plan. Send him back to Africa. I'm not even honestly that extreme. Can we just have freedom of association? Can we can we have our, our separation Oh, but that's actually the definition of apartheid, and that's evil and racist. Like, I don't want to lord over them. I don't want to rule them. I don't want to ha even have to employ them. I, I don't want any of that. I don't want to make them my slaves. I, I wish we could just kind of go our own separate ways. White people are racist and evil, and oh, well, that, can't we just go live amongst ourselves, and we won't, we won't trouble you with our racism? Why is that not allowed? Well, we know why. Because Martin Luther King had a dream about little black boys and little white girls holding hands and uh, miscegenating the, into, into the future. Yes. So, there's another story here out of the New York Sun. Could tax code be used to make U.S. reparations? Don't be surprised, our columnist, columnist writes. Could a racial priority for getting a COVID-19 vaccine turn out to be just the first step? on the way to race-based tax rates? A tax bill that varies depending on the taxpayer's race might strike readers as some law professor's remote fantasy, far from anything that might become reality. Things are developing more quickly on this front, though, than is widely recognized. Just this month, the governor of Vermont, Phil Scott, a Republican, attracted attention when he announced, if you or anyone in your household identifies as black, indigenous, or a person of color, BIPOC, including anyone with Abenaki or other First Nations heritage, all household members who are 16 years or older can sign up to get a vaccine. You should say, no thanks, hey, BIPOCs out there. You want a little word of advice? Say, go shove it, Phil Scott. <laughs> a Reason article notes that in December 2020, while Republican Donald Trump was still president, the Federal Department of Veterans Affairs announced that it would prioritize Black, Hispanic, Native American, and Asian veterans in vaccine distribution. Reason cites the Cato Institute's Walter Olson as describing these schemes as unconstitutional, a violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. And a lot of these schemes that are going on these days, by the way, are also violate the 1965 Civil Rights Act. Yet vaccine line leapfrogging might just be a warm-up act for a longer-term issue to ponder as this year's annual Internal Revenue Service tax filing deadline approaches. Prediction. By tax year 2024, Americans will be asked to indicate their race on Form 1040 tweeted Scott Greenberg, a former analyst at the Tax Foundation who now writes about tax policy in a Substack newsletter called No Withholding. 
Greenberg was reacting to a tax policy reporter for the Wall Street Journal, Richard Rubin. Oy vey. Why, why do you see Jews everywhere? Why do you think Jews have all this disproportionate control of things? And even when it's the opposition writing about it in these news articles, it's Jews who are cited. Jews are, are doing the thing, and then it's Jews who are opposed to doing the thing. Either way, you're, you're following Jews. It's crazy. Every single time. Uh, so Richard Rubin had flagged the news that the Biden administration had put the Treasury Department's top tax policy official on an equitable data working group. According to the Biden executive order, many federal data sets are not disaggregated by race, ethnicity, gender, disability, income, veteran status, or other key demographic variables. This lack of data has cascading effects and impedes efforts to measure and advance equity. A first step to promoting equity in government action is to gather the necessary uh, data to inform that effort. So they talk about how the IRS needs to be, you know, get some racial data. And basically what's going to happen in the future is if you're white, you're going to be paying even more of the tax bill for blacks who get all sorts and other BIPOCs who get all sorts of uh, advantages with housing, free housing and uh, food stamps and welfare of all sorts. Yeah. So you're, you're going to be funding everything. Your white man's burden is going to get even bigger. Yep. Oh, here's an interesting little story of campus reform. University researcher, intelligence is a white man's mythology. Oh, this is great. University of Cincinnati graduate assistant wrote that intelligence is a white man's mythology. And also, stop calling your female colleagues smart or clever or brilliant. This is Mel Andrews, who studies cognition and evolution. It's sexist and infantilizing. It shouldn't be surprising to you that in 2021 that women are capable of thought. You're doing the same thing when you describe your black and Latino students as very bright, added Andrews. Intelligence is a white man's mythology, a phantasmal concept, a non-referring term. Syncategorematic. She is so smart that she used a word like syncategorematic. It's just amazing. I thought I was smart. I'd never even seen that word. This woman's a genius. But, oh, oh, damn it. She told me not to call a woman smart. All right, she's an absolute idiot. How about that? Indicating that the post was entirely serious, it was followed by an excerpt from a chapter Andrews wrote for a book entitled Handbook of Parenting. Yeah. Wow. So this is what... Uh, this is what universities are all about this these days. Pretty interesting, huh? Oh, here's an interesting, uh, another story about uh, one of the BLM founders, one of these trained Marxists. And is this the one, is Patrice Cullors the one with uh, a Jewish father, adoptive father? Maybe that was one of the other ones. But they're all these lesbian Marxist uh, witches and stuff. Whatever it is they, they subscribe to. Some kind of voodoo. BLM founders branded a fraud after buying a $1.4 million home in an upscale, mostly white enclave in L.A. Of course, Black Lives Matter, so that's why you want to go live around white people in an expensive home. Yes, Patrice Cullors, 37, has bought an expansive property in Topanga Canyon. The district in which the BLM founder will now live is 88% white and 1.8% black. <gasps> I'm trying to get my stuff robbed, okay? Okay? <laughs> Critics accused her of abandoning her social justice and activist roots. Colors has written a best-selling memoir and has a follow-up out in October. In October, she signed a multi-platform, multi-year deal with Warner Brothers. Oh, my God. BLM brought in $90 million in donations last year. It emerged in March. Not, it's not just that. There are other organizations that were fundraising through the whole Black Lives Matter movement. It was massive. When you look at the corporate contributions, and a lot of it actually did go directly to uh, the Democrat Party, essentially. The Democrat Party used a lot of these shell groups to fundraise. And I'm not saying this like, oh, the Dems are just evil. It, it, it's just what the facts lead to. Um, and yes, the Dems are evil, but the point is that the Republicans are as well. Just in a little slightly different way. Pick your poison, you know. Anyway, I think you get the point with that. It looks like a pretty damn nice place in California, that's for sure. So, 
throughout the show thus far, I've been talking a little bit about the white man's burden. And I, I wanted to just discuss this briefly because it's an interesting little, little history lesson. And I think that what it originally referred to is a little bit different than what I'm referencing now. The white man's burden was essentially coined by Rudyard Kipling, I think. I'm sure other people might have referenced it beforehand, but that's what really popularized the term, at least. And Rudyard Kipling actually used to use the swastika all the time on his books. I'm, I don't even, uh, I'm not sure, but the Jungle Book probably had a swastika in one of the cover pages or something like that. Uh, and Rudyard Kipling was a Mason, not saying he's a, a great guy. Pretty sure he was a, yeah, he was a Mason, right? And uh, he also wrote the the Wrath of the, it wasn't originally termed the uh, Wrath of the Awakened Saxon, but that's how a lot of people know of it. But he wrote the poem, The White Man's Burden, uh, about how white people really should go and civilize the, uh, the world through their colonization and empire building activities. That, yeah, it's actually not that great for us, but we need to do it. We need to bring these people up. We need to help them out. And uh, he really kind of put forth and this this kind of altruism idea. I, I, it seems like he, perhaps he's being a little bit um, sarcastic. I don't know. You, you'd have to really um, analyze the text yourself and kind of see what what was going on at the time, the context, if you will. Uh, let me read through this poem in case you've never heard it. Take up the white man's burden. Send forth the best ye breed. Go bind your sons to exile, to serve your captives need. To wait in heavy harness on fluttered folk and wild, your new-caught sullen peoples, half devil and half child. Take up the white man's burden, in patience to abide, to veil the threat of terror, and check the show of pride. By open speech and simple, and hundred times made plain, to seek another's profit, and work another's gain. Take up the white man's burden, the savage wars of peace. Fill full the mouth of famine, and bid the sickness, sickness cease. And when your goal is nearest, the end for others sought, watch sloth and heathen folly, bring all your hopes to naught. Take up the white man's burden, no tawdry rule of kings, but toil of serf and sweeper, the tale of common things. The ports ye shall not enter, the roads ye shall not tread. Go make them with your living, and mark them with your dead. Take up the white man's burden, and reap his old reward. The blame of those ye better, the hate of those ye guard. The cry of host ye humor, ah, slowly toward the light. Why brought ye us from bondage, our loved Egyptian knight? Take up the white man's burden, ye dare not stoop to less, nor call too loud on freedom to cloak your wariness. By all ye cry or whisper, by all ye leave or do, the silent, sullen peoples shall weigh your gods and you. Take up the white man's burden, have done with childish days, the lightly proffered laurel, the easy, ungrudged praise, comes now to search your manhood. Through all the thankless years, cold-edged with dear-bought wisdom, the judgment of your peers. So, was he really telling people that they should take up this white man's burner, or, or warning against it? I, honestly, it's a little hard for me to tell. The message really does seem to be that picking up this white man's burden and trying to civilize these, civilize these people is thankless, and it all basically comes undone fairly quickly. It really should not be our goal. We should not go around trying to bring the light of Jesus to these people or Western civilization or whatever it may be. I think a lot of this was inspired by Christianity, that we need to go and civilize these savages and bring Jesus to them. Why? Let them be. I say let them be. They don't like cultural appropriation? Well, then they shouldn't culturally appropriate English. They shouldn't wear our kinds of clothes. Let them speak in clicks and whistles. Let them have bones through their nose. Do you like that? I just came up with that little 
that little lyric on the spot. <laughs> I should be a poet. I really should be. That's going to be my new thing. I'm going to be a bard, people. There was actually a 1995 movie that I've never seen called The White Man's Burden. And this was uh, starring John Travolta. Coming to us from Republic Pictures Home Video. This was uh, not very well received. Nobody really liked the movie. It was probably made pretty poorly. But let's just listen to the trailer. It, it, it's just kind of like a flipping the script where blacks have the upper hand in America. From the producers of Pulp Fiction comes one of the most powerful films of the year. Louis Pinnock is a hardworking man struggling to provide for his family. How's my baby girl? But the cards are stacked against him. I promise you, it's going to be better. Barriers still exist. The next time you have something delivered here to the house, could you send someone other than the fellow you sent by today? But in this world, the roles are reversed. White people are genetically inferior. I can't keep you on anymore. Fire me? So when Lewis is unfairly fired from his job... Well, tell him that I, I just lost my job at the factory and I need, to, I need to talk to him. It's important. I don't get involved in these matters. He decides to get even the only way he knows how. That's what this is about. This drink is holding out. Now you want to help me. Now I've got a gun. You got all the time in the world. Now put your head on the dance. HBO Home Video presents John Travolta and Harry Belafonte in White Man's Burden. All right. Sounds great, doesn't it? We're living in White Man's Burden, aren't we? The roles have been reversed. Well, okay. If we were living in a white supremacist system, as is alleged by these idiots, would white people get fired for saying anything against BLM? for making any kind of remark that could be considered racist or even just a microaggression. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I really don't think so. And also, we should ask, has a black person ever been fired for saying anything anti-white? Not that I can think of, not recently at least. Can you think of anything? Let's take a look at this story I reported on. Boston Hospital to put white people last in line for treatment. Because this is just one story among so many that goes to show what's going on. It's white genocide. We don't have white privilege. And to think that you know, institutions should be colorblind or that people could be colorblind is no longer a progressive value. That's just an aspect of white privilege to, to think that we should be colorblind. You now have to uh, really discriminate against white people in every single way possible to be woke. It's not just affirmative action and diversity quotas. White people shouldn't even get health care. So this is all part of the genocidal agenda. Brigham, Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston is going to be giving patients preferential treatment based on their race. And this is just a pilot initiative, they say, and they want to use a reparations framework to bring this kind of program all around the United States so that uh, the care of black and Latinx patients and community members is prioritized. This is just so sick, the Washington Examiner reports. Brigham and Women's Hospital says it will offer preferential care based on race and race-explicit interventions in an attempt to engage in an anti-racist agenda for medicine based on critical race theory. A Boston Review article titled An Anti-Racist Agenda for Medicine lays out a plan from Brigham and Women's Hospital that implements a reparations framework for distributing medical resources in order to comprehensively confront structural racism. This is structural racism. So you're going to confront structural racism with structural racism? This is idiotic. Together with a coalition of fellow practitioners and hospital leaders, we have developed what we will hope to be a replicable pilot program for direct redress of many racial health care inequities. Harvard Medical School instructors Bram Whispelwee, who looks like a Jew, and Michelle Morris wrote in the article. But I have to ask, who's... 
whose blood will the hands be on when white people are denied life-saving care? Now, I'd say stay away from hospitals, but if somebody really needs medical attention and they're white, they're going to be denied life-saving care because, oh, a black person over there got a boo-boo. Think about this. This is sick. And here's the thing. They realize it's highly illegal. It's highly illegal. You can't do this. Uh, here's a, a tweet by Wesley Yang. Proposed anti-racist agenda for medicine means offering preferential care based on race or ethnicity and full awareness that it violates civil rights law and will elicit legal challenges, but in confidence that the recent White House executive provides backing. This is just a quote. Offering, pre- offering preferential care based on race or ethnicity may elicit legal challenges from our system of colorblind law. But given the ample current evidence that our health, judicial, and other systems already unfairly preference people who are white, we believe, following the ethical framework of Zach and others, that our approach is corrective and therefore mandated. We encourage other institutions to proceed confidently on behalf of equity and racial justice, with backing provided by recent White House executive orders. We encourage others to break the law. Think about this. This is so insane. Wow. If you don't realize that there's an anti-white agenda, where you been? You know, obviously people listening here, but how can people not realize that there's an anti-white agenda? Either it's you're for it, or you're starting to really get agitated by it. Either you think it's a really good thing, or you're opposed to it, and you realize it's genocidal. But we really need to hold these people accountable for the crimes that they are committing. Even just the crimes against children, crimes against education, crimes against facts, decency, sanity. Uh, Another story I reported on is professors push program that claims math is racist because it requires a right answer. You go read this one. I'm not going to go through the whole story here, but uh, here's a little quote. They're putting forth this program and it's just, it's so stupid. It's so insane. Uh, it's in Oregon. The Department of Education put out this lo- newsletter and this guide for, you know, equity with education. White supremacy culture infiltrates math classrooms and everyday teacher actions. Coupled with the beliefs that underlie these actions, they perpetuate educational harm on black, Latinx, and multilingual students, denying them full access to the world of mathematics. <laughs> the course uh, challenges teachers to center ethnomathematics, uh, which teaches or includes recognizing how communities of color engage in mathematics and exposing students to examples of people who have used math as resistance. So Che Guevara, he was out there using math as resistance. Um, but, but teacher, didn't Che say that um, uh, blacks are, are indolent and lazy and that he, he didn't want to work with them? Shut up. So they're using uh, Robin D'Angelo's uh, whole system of critical race theory with the, the whole anti-racist and whiteness crap. It's just, they say it's white supremacy culture uh, to focus on getting the right answer and having students show their work. This is just so insane. I reported uh, a little while ago on this Jewish math professor who was claiming that the equation 2 plus 2 equals 4 reeks of white supremacist patriarchy. That is how Orwellian this anti-white system has become, people. It's really bad. So what I'd like to do now is introduce Sinead McCarthy here. She'll be my guest for the latter half of this show. Hello. Hello there. We missed you last week, but you're here now. Mm-hmm. Thus far, I've been talking about how we're really living in a real version of a white man's burden, and the white man is being forced to really carry a pretty heavy load in terms of all the guilt that's placed on him, all the tax burden, and just really everything that we're seeing now, where white people are being blamed for for everything. We're also um, pretty much the lowest caste now in Western society, where we're the untouchables. Mm-hmm. where, you know, white people are being denied access to schools, access to jobs, access to health care now as well as we see in that Boston hospital. And also white people are, are potentially going to be taxed much more than black people who make the same amount of money. 
Mm-hmm. And just last week, I covered that story about the professor who was making $50,000 a year less than uh, his colleagues who were, who were less qualified than him. Yeah. This is just standard. Yeah, this is already happening. So imagine where they want it to go in, in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Now, I have a few stories I wanted to go through with you here. Um, talking about the caste system also makes me think of the COVID caste system that's been set up because the vaccinated people are given these, given these special privileges. They show their little ID card, their passport, and then they could go to, to the ball game. They can go shopping. They can go eat at this restaurant or that. They could travel or they can get rescued as a volcano erupts. Yeah, that's pretty telling. So in St. Vincent, as they were evacuating the island after the volcanic eruption recently, they were only rescuing people who had the COVID-19 mm-hmm. vaccine. Yep. Do you have your vaccine card? Oh, then you could stay on the island and deal with the volcano. And think about how they manufacture crises all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and they, mani- they could make these horrible uh, oh, yeah, natural you- disasters, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. And then have these big, um, you know rescue missions where oh sorry yeah you you can't be rescued because you didn't get the covid vaccine i mean obviously it sounds like quite a conspiracy theory but it is so simple for them now to uh cause a volcanic eruption to uh trigger a tsunami Mm -hmm. they could do all sorts of things hurricane earthquake uh these things are are a lot of them, especially the underground one, like earthquakes or tsunamis, right? That that's just triggered by underground explosions, yeah. or or you know they've even got the harp type technology, mm-hmm. not necessarily harp, but something like it right. to be able to uh, initiate different different weather systems or really do a lot of different damage. Yeah, <clears throat> and even even okay, put all that aside if you don't want to believe they could do that, even though you're pretty foolish to think that. Um, They'll take advantage of it, a real disaster and, and right. oh, sorry, you know, yeah. can't, can't help you. Can't give you food and water because you haven't gotten your COVID vaccine. <laughs> it's insane. You're sentenced to death. Yep. And if you're a white person who hasn't gotten your COVID vaccine, oh, you're yep. at the absolute back of the bus. Yep. Yep. So then also I wanted to talk about the, uh, the idea of super shedders being far more dangerous than super spreaders. Mm-hmm. Now, there actually was a study done in 2018 that showed that um, six point, you're 6.3 times uh, more likely to do aerosol shedding uh, of a virus uh, if you got the flu vaccine than if you yeah. never did. So essentially, you're shedding the flu vaccine virus to people all around you while you think that you're you're helping uh, to have herd immunity and stay health and healthy and safe. I'm doing this for you guys as you're mm-hmm. shedding all over them. Yeah. So if that was the case with the flu vaccine, what could possibly be taking place with these mRNA vaccines where it could just be that they're also causing the person's body to start essentially producing illness? Yeah, there's something really strange going on with, with this vaccine. Um I know a lot of people are getting legitimately sick and it's flu-like symptoms and other kinds of symptoms too, where they just feel horrible. Many people have had to actually, you know, be hospitalized. Charlie, I don't know if you wanted me to say that, but I'm I'm, going to tell you guys, Charlie was really sick for two weeks. He just reached out to to me yesterday. He said he, um, he had passed out that he he basically had pneumonia. Yeah. He he said he refused to get tested, which caused a big stir at the hospital, but, um, yeah, it, whatever it was, he said it was terrible. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. Yeah, so people are getting sick. Now, I don't, you know, it's not like COVID-19, they're not they're going to need to be put on a ventilator, but there's it, I don't know if it's some kind of chemical warfare or I don't know. It could be the chemtrails. It could be yeah. Or I don't know, it's just weird. It seems to have coincided with every yes. that everyone getting vaccinated and I don't know. There's just something really strange going on. I don't know if this, it's the vaccines that they're then shedding onto other people or if it's what they're spraying or if it's some kind of energetic thing. I, I don't know. But 5G? You yeah. Know. I mean, like, who knows? What, there's so many damn, it could be everything. But um, then then people will be like, no, dude, I got sick. Like, I got COVID's so real. sick. And I'm not trying to deny that, that people are getting sick. You know, it happens. But um they're then going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that was definitely COVID. You know, we've got, we got to wear masks and all this. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. But, but 
what I think is going on is that perhaps the people who are vaccinated might not initially see some of this sickness. Right, because, I mean, you hear about people having um, reactions, but I know a lot of people who have gotten both shots. Some people get sick for a day or two, um, but they're, like, totally fine. And then a lot of people that aren't getting vaccinated are, like, all sick. So I don't... I don't fucking advocate for vaccines, but there's something very weird yeah. going on here. And uh, there's something about the 28-day 20, incubation period that I w- we were hearing about. And it's just interesting considering the 28 Days Later yeah. uh, zombie movie where it was oh, essentially created in a lab oh, using monkeys. And the thing, too, people people are like, oh, well, you know, I'll take this experimental vaccine because, every, you know, I, I haven't gotten a reaction. Everything's fine. That doesn't mean that... It, something isn't going on in your yeah. body that is going to manifest later. Where are the long-term studies right. you've done? Who's who's going to who's going to pay for all my medical bills if I end up really sick from this? Right. And of course, they would never trace it back to the vaccine. Oh well, you it's got all this. Stu- you got all this stuff a week later because of some something else. It was just a random accident, and now random coincidence. I mean. Now they're allowing it to be shot into children and infants in many yep. places. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just absolutely insane. Well, that brings me to this story: mandatory vaccination for children is kosher, says the European Court is of Human kosher? Rights. I, I said that. Oh, that's my headline. Okay. But here, here's from Barron's. The European Court of Human Rights ruled on Thursday that obligatory vaccinations can be seen as necessary in democratic societies. In a landmark <laughs> so judgment democratic. after a complaint brought by Czech families over compulsory jabs for children. This is the first time that the ECHR has delivered a judgment about compulsory vaccination against childhood diseases. Experts say it could have implications for any policy of compulsory vaccinations against COVID-19. So, yeah, we live in a democratic society, so, I mean, you have no choice. Vaccine into your body, you don't have a choice. Democratic society means totalitarian, draconian regime, where we can inject you and your children with neurotoxins and you can't say anything about it. Yeah, I mean, this is just, it's it's absolutely insane. In the article, I defined a democratic society as one in which Jews rule over us, regardless of who we vote for. Mm-hmm. That that really does seem to be the definition when they're referencing democratic societies. But I love how that's the d- justification. Yeah. Well, we live in democratic societies, so we're going to inject your children. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see like where this goes, because I think we saw something recently where the demand for the vaccine is now... Uh, sorry, this the, the production of the vaccine is now more than the demand. Yeah, m- less so supply. Less, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, like, where they go next. Will they have another lockdown planned because of all these new variants that are coming out that they say, you know, are mutating? And then, you know, how many how many COVID boosters are people going to have yeah. to get? Get a new booster for each variant. <laughs> you got to get a booster each week down at the GameStop Prime. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just think, think about in the United States alone, $4.2 billion have been paid out through the vaccine compensation program. National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. And they have only paid out a tiny fraction of people who have made the complaints. But still, $4.2 billion worth yeah. of damage done to people yeah. that the government has paid out. And who's who's actually footing that bill? Is it the pharmaceutical the company? It's the taxpayer. It's, it's, God, it just... So... If people actually, like, really knew, they'd be so pissed. So that amount of damage has been done. But, oh, vaccines couldn't possibly cause autism if you say oh, that. You're, yeah. you're kicked off social media. I mean, Mercury just, getting injected into your bloodstream is always a good idea. Aluminum, another neurotoxin. It has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it whatsoever. So uh, that, But just think of all the different issues that have come up about after they introduced all of these different vaccines. When, yeah. when I was growing up, it wasn't nearly as many as what the children are receiving now, no, which true. is pro- well, probably why my generation wasn't nearly as harmed. I didn't even know what autism was until maybe high school I yeah. first heard the term. I don't even think I knew what it was until college. Never I, heard of it. We now, were, now it everybody's got like, it. That person's weird. Yeah. Those are the anime people. They're really weird. And it wasn't just that my my peers were underdiagnosed. Right. It's that people like were really people it. weren't as harmed back then. They yeah. weren't as injured. Right. So I mean, they were still getting injured. Yeah. Sure. Why is it weren't like, as injured? Right. Um so four point two billion dollars paid out just a small fraction in the United States alone 
So just think of all the damage that has been done, because that's only a tiny fraction of the people who should have received compensation, because they're they're never going to admit that the vaccines actually caused no. the damage. They're going to no. do everything they can not to oh pay. Oh my god, remember that thing that we watched? It was like the Today Show, where they were all getting oh, their yeah. vaccines. That, that was just like the creepiest, weirdest thing I've ever watched. Synchronized, so with a countdown. Yeah, they had a countdown. It was like all the Today Show hosts outside, with masks on. Like distanced, like ten feet away from each other, with um, with like Walgreens or CVS pharmacists, and they had like the the double masks and the face shield yeah. on, and they were like all going around shilling for the vaccine. Like I'm just so hopeful for the future. I'm so excited that this technology is here, and they did a countdown, like mm-hmm. ten, nine, and then they all got the vaccine. In 28 days, I could finally hug my loved ones again. So think about that, that programming. Yeah. Get the vaccine, and then finally you can go hug hug your oh friends and family. If you're turned into a super shedder who's actually producing illness with your very body, your so body's been go, hijacked. You're going to go get your grandchildren sick when you think – it's like the total opposite. If you would have just seen your grandkids and your loved ones before you got a vaccine, you probably wouldn't have heard them. But yeah. now, yeah. when you think you're being all protective and oh, I'm following the guidelines. And now, and now, finally, we're seeing all these stories about children getting seriously yeah. sick. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Before, with the supposed COVID-19 that oh, nobody ever isolated. Into it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the people, no children were getting sick. Right. But still, of course, they forced them to wear the face masks. Oh, my God. No, none of the children had any risk of dying or right, even getting right. sick, and they're, really. And they're still wearing them. This is the thing yep. that really pisses me off. Like, I, it's great that we're in Florida and we can go and do stuff without masks on and we can go, you know, to a restaurant or whatever. Um, but these poor children still have to wear them all day when they're outside all playing. All day. Even when they're walking home even from the bus when stops. outside. So... You know, we shouldn't be like, yay, we get to go get drunk on the beach without a mask on. Maybe we should be concerned about the children that are being freaking denied oxygen all day. Physically. Mentally. And mentally. For sure. Spiritually as well. Because spirit means breath. Yes. It breaks breaks my heart seeing these kids. mm -hmm. And you saw about how that high school track and field coach was fired. Good for him. Because he was not requiring his students. He was saying, no, you don't have to wear masks while you're out here exercising, uh, training, and competing. Because that's what the, uh, that's what the state requires. That's, is that? I would love to, I would love to have whoever passed that, uh, that rule to go put three masks on and put them on run, a treadmill and run on a treadmill lock them on a treadmill yep. and have a tank oh. of sharks behind them oh do you feel safe <laughs> do you feel safe with your masks on oh you can't breathe oh wow that's weird <laughs> are, are you <laughs> are you out of breath oh I, it might have something to do with the three layers of cloth across your face but you know I'm just a conspiracy theorist over here I don't know it's just holy shit like, we are so far gone. Yeah. If you would have told me two years ago that children would be forced to fucking cover their breathing holes, like, what? I would not believe you. I'd be like, no, you idiot. They're well, not going to do that. So think about what we were talking about the other night, about just how really our bodies aren't allowed to breathe. No. Now, now with with me, I, I wear flip-flops most of the time, so I, I hate socks. I haven't worn socks really since I've been up north or, yeah. you know, on the rare occasion I put on shoes down here. Yeah. But my feet don't stink. They might get right. dirty, but they don't smell and they're not gross yeah. like most people's feet are. So there's a reason people find feet gross, but that's because that they're they're putting them in socks and shoes and all the time. It's a dark, damp environment mm-hmm. where bacteria and yeast is going to grow. And, and, and think, Athlete's think, foot. Ugh. Think about, you know, let's say Scotland, where the men would wear kilts and no underwear. Yeah. You know, that's, I think, way healthier for that region yes. than wearing tight little uh, Well, especially for females. Underpants. Yeah, you shouldn't be yeah. wearing all this, like, synthetic the, fabric all in your private area. The bras, the panties, and all yeah. that. And think about, think about ancient Greece, where they did none of that, and they yeah. were probably far healthier. Oh, now, it yeah. has to do with climate, yeah. but a lot of it has to do with also the culture. religious culture yeah. that we've had. Think about the puritanical dress oh, yeah. with the black the Wally and... or the Jews. Think, think of how badly they smell. Not, it's not just because of what they eat. Oh God, they walk around. The ones in, in New like York, fuzzy hats, the rabbit fur hats, the dead of summer, like complete black. Uh, if you ever got put on a subway train with them, oh God, yeah. And so, the women are wearing those wigs oh. and their long sleeves. Oh, I, it's just so. Literally, gross. All that's the, trad though. That's super trad. 
all that they would do, like anytime I would see the Hasidic women coming and going from the city, because I lived in Brooklyn, so they would ride the same train that I did, like back mm-hmm. and forth to Manhattan. All that the women would do is just go shopping every day. Like they would have Brooks Brothers bags. Yeah. Like just tons of Brooks Brothers bags. And that's all that they would do. <laughs> just go into the city, shop, come home. Put wigs on their shaved heads. Yeah. Put on their striped shirts. It was just... <laughs> or they'd be like rocking back and forth reading their prayers oh on the subway. God. That was always so weird. But what else do they have to do? This is Nothing. the trad life. Shop. This is what this is what trad shop, women should take do. Care of the babies. <laughs> I doubt they even clean their own homes. They probably have some going slave do that. Yeah, Puerto Ricans. So or all they do is just shop all day and like push around their little what, children in the, in what's the strollers. Crazy is how a lot of their men get paid to study religious texts yeah. all day. Yeah. Like in uh, like in Israel, where they don't even have to serve in the IDF. The the women all do, yeah. but the the religious guys. Oh, we're studying the Torah in the Talmud, so yeah, we don't have to do that. This is our work. Wall. This is our work. He, he, the goyim pay us for this. The American goyim taxpayers are paying for us then, to study the Talmud. <laughs> and then the ones that aren't religious are like landlords and superintendents. Slumlords. Yeah, slumlords that, you know, don't even fix any of the leaks that are coming through the ceilings or anything, and they just charge like $1,200 for a crack shack. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't have to do anything. It's just passive income. Yep. And then they're on Section 8 as well. And food stamps. And it's like, you know what? They're the biggest welfare queens. Oh, you want to yeah. talk about Shaniqua and Tyrone? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Because Shaniqua and Tyrone are just living off of Section 8. And, but these fucking Jews are living off of Section 8 and passive income. And they're smart enough to scam the system as best as they can. So they're... Yes. They're doing things that are highly illegal mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. to just get all insane yes. amount of money for doing nothing. Yeah, when are these like fashy right wingers going to bitch about the Jews on welfare? Because they're always like, oh, they're damn blacks and these Muslims. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, do you care about all the Jews that are on or, Section 8? How about corporate welfare with all these right. bailouts that have taken right. place? The 2008 one, the right. more recent it's one. It's basically everybody but Whitey. Yes, with the Jews getting the, the lion's share. Yeah, they get the preference. And then they throw throw a little bit to the hyenas that uh, guard them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the vultures. Of course, the vultures, too. Can't forget about the vultures. And the chicken hawks. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the chicken hawks might be protected in the inner circle with the Jews. Yeah, and there are plenty of uh, predatory chicken hawks in the uh, fasci right wing. Oh, yeah. Pro-white world too oh sorry it's white positive because jason, <laughs> jason cohen told us we are only allowed to use that phrase now because we have cult lingo mm-hmm. that we must um use it's not a cult it's not a cult they tell you to go free they don't tell you to do that in a cult <laughs> uh cohen's is more of like an online cult but bertaria is like real real life yeah that's right <laughs> hey i wanted to bring up this story because it is relevant to you this just we found out about this a couple days yeah, this ago. Yeah, weird. The Daily Mail finally reported on this, but I think the story originally broke last November. Oh, really? Yeah, but they just reported I on it. Did you know about it? No, I didn't know about it until, you know, the little mainstream press got shined And on. why all of a sudden would the mainstream press give a shit about something? I have no idea. Maybe because he was just fired or maybe because some development had happened Wait, in the story. Wait, he was fired? I thought he stepped I, out. From what I understand, okay, there was the guy... One of the guys stepped One down. of the his supervisors, I think, stepped down. Okay. I think the this Jeremy Burkhart guy might have been fired. So here's the story. The Kentucky um, police. police and first responders, law enforcement officers. Would firefighters be first responders, though? I think so. Yeah. So so they were they were all getting training from this guy. He was a Kentucky Department of Justice staffer named must Jeremy. Have been firefighters, because they're the ones that deal with all the overdoses. They're like mm-hmm. the first ones on the scene. I think I, I think it was for everybody. It was the okay. you know um, cops. Also the call center, the you know nine one one responders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it was a, a Kentucky Department of Justice staffer who had basically lifted six minutes of the second part of our opioid documentary about the hidden history of heroin pushers. Yeah. Which obviously goes into, like, Bugsy Siegel, the Purple Gang, uh, the Meyer Lansky. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a damn good piece of yeah. uh, education right there. But he took the first six minutes and just put it up as part of their training. Including the Renegade Films intro that has the Black Sun. Yeah, the Black Sun. I guess he either didn't give a shit or he didn't know. He didn't re- realize that people would see it and recognize Nazi. what it was. So he cut 
the so he cut a clip and people are claiming he stole it. I don't care. We don't, I don't care. care. That's what it's out for. Yeah, educate educate <laughs> the law enforcement officers with renegade content. That is great. <laughs> so uh, he t- he cut it right before we start bringing up the Jewish mobsters. So yeah. so he knew he had watched yeah. the whole thing. He yeah. admitted, but he's yeah. like it wasn't relevant. I didn't include the Jew stuff because uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't relevant to uh, the <laughs> to, the to lesson the discussion we were having that yeah. day. Maybe at a later time. So, so he made these training videos, and one of them was uh, just featuring just completely lifted, full six minutes yeah, lifted which from is that. Great. No, absolutely awesome. I literally my voice was training the Kentucky first responders. Mm-hmm. Like what an honor. Yeah. <laughs> This is just ridiculous. The video was produced by Renegade Films, whose logo is a Nazi Sonnenrad. I love how they use Renegade Films because, like, no one, like, we don't have a Renegade that's Films why, website. That's why they use yeah, it. So, so they, they don't didn't point direct, it to Renegade Tribune. They didn't mention or, our names. They didn't yeah. direct any traffic to the Tribune for a specific reason, obviously. And yeah. saying Renegade Films, like, we don't have, like, a Renegade Films site. I, we should. I we wish should, we did. There is yeah. a Renegade Films who's probably going to be all pissed that, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the Renegade Films on BitChute doesn't play half the, no, half I, the videos. I meant, I meant there is an actual company called Renegade oh, Films. Oh, they're probably going to like uh, copyright <laughs> us or something. Whatever. We don't even freaking make movies anymore, so okay. But we do have... Come, come and get me. We got the good one uh, about child trafficking. It never never finished, but still three and a half hours long. It's got a good amount of views. It's got like 32,000 that, And that's just the one that's compiling all the different sections. Yeah. Individually, they've been seen a lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, that's what that's what all uh, everybody should be trained on. That should be yes. like a national uh, like duty to if you're an adult to watch that film. I don't care if it makes you uncomfortable. How do you think the children that are being raped feel? I think they feel a little fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. So the the article by the Daily Mail they don't even try to debunk or really discredit no, any any information. Yeah, oh, they, it peddles anti semitic tropes, conspiracy theories about Jews dominating the heroin trade like in las they, vegas they say it in their own words we're not even like who, making it up who was the biggest uh tycoon in las vegas meyer lance Shel- no, no, no. Oh, sheldon adelson. sheldon adelson and also steve Wynn. yeah so of the top three actually of the top four uh casino magnets in las vegas you had sheldon adelson uh miriam adelson and also steve Wynn. Those are the big, the biggest. There was also one guy who supposedly is a goy, but who knows with that. Anyway, uh, it, it's a really, it's hard to deny the facts when you really just research them and present them. I yeah. mean, you, you can't. And that's why they didn't include the actual video itself. Right. Um, same thing with the child trafficking one. You know, yeah. we're, we're dealing with facts here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. I hope we see more of that. And really, honestly, if you are working on the front lines, if you You've are, you gotta know the score. You know like, what's going on. Yeah, at least some. At least some of it. You you're, you're gonna gain a racial awareness pretty quickly. Well, and that's why. Oh, in response to this, what the ADL has done, they they're going down there to train them for four hours on the Holocaust. That, that was the immediate. Okay, that was the immediate thing was that you had to go undergo like four hours of, of indoctrination. And then, and then six minutes of our film. And then I think they've also, they, they had even more that the uh, Holocaust Museum and the um, <laughs> Can you imagine ADL. having to sit through that yeah. shit? Yeah. I would just, I would just keep grilling them. I'd be like, um, why was the chimney added after? Can you explain that? Uh, and I love how this was all because of a little film we put together. Yeah. The DOCJT contacted the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum and the ADL to schedule a virtual training for a course <laughs> called Law Enforcement and Society, Lessons of the Holocaust. <laughs> According to the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet, the trainings will provide an opportunity to reflect upon their roles, responsibilities, and challenges of policing in a democratic society. Society. <laughs> That's why we have to come indoctrinate. A democratic society, a one in which Jews Jews rule over yeah. you, regardless of who you vote for. It's, it's the it's, it's the it's definition. True. Being honest, <laughs> we live in a democratic society. Oh man. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, it's good to know that. Well, let's move to Kentucky. Yeah. Why don't we move in? Hey, you guys. That's, just, that's good to know that the police are like aware of this stuff. I mean, the guys obviously watched the film because he decided to turn it yeah. off. He decided and to cut exactly it at the Jew part. Exactly right before yeah. we talk about how Jews were not 
um, and it, ashamed yeah. to sell heroin like the Italians were. And it wasn't like the first six minutes itself had been re-uploaded somewhere. The, it it right. came, like, Directly. it's always just as the... Like, he probably ripped it from BitChute. <laughs> Actually, well, there is a YouTube version up still Hugh on Hugh Wyatt's channel. Disappearing Hugh. Disappearing Hugh. Maybe he's out there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe he's out there, Hugh. We miss you. All right, so that's that's pretty much all I had to go through today. If there's anything else that's been on your mind with what's going on in the world. Nope, that's pretty much it. Everything is absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are other things that we've been paying attention to, but, I mean, yeah. people know the score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully you could... How could you not see what's going on now? Even if you're not on the front lines, it's one of these cops who's actually going and dealing with, oh, uh, yeah. you know, insane Africans and... and entitled Jews and everything. Oh, yeah. And just all these stories coming out about how white people are going to be punished in this way or that way or how everybody else needs to get preference. Yeah. I mean, white genocide is so obvious. Now, it wasn't back when we were first talking about it. No, people were like, oh, you're such alarmist. White genocide. Ooh. People are getting killed in the streets. That's not what a genocide... Genocide can be... they are. Yeah, they are getting killed (laughs) in the street. We're becoming South Africa, guys. Genocide isn't just rounding people up and, you know, shooting them all. It's the slow death of draining their resources and reallocating them to other people that are not white. Psychological warfare is, is a component. If any of those de- little... Uh, demoralization, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Huge. that's the biggest part of psychological warfare is demoralizing your opposition. Mm-hmm. You can't win. And that's yeah. why we get all these comments sometimes oh, coming we're, in. It's, so it's hopeless. hopeless. We're domed. That's what we're, I got. we're domed. I, that was a comment that came in today. <laughs> we're all domed. <laughs> 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 I, we're iron, Israeli. We're iron domed. My fe- my fellow white people, we're iron domed. <laughs> Alright, you wanna you wanna promote uh Heathen Herbs here? Yeah. Check out Heathen Herbs. I gotta make more uh tropical soap. bloom soap, yeah, but I've got I think everything else. So check it out. We've got the teas, the herbal teas now. And I got more iodine in stock. And we've got lots of deodorants ready to go. So, yeah, check it out. All right. Well, thank you for joining me here for this second part. And thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Talk to you soon. i